Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number 108 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. So today's guest refers to himself as the true poker amateur. He has put together an outstanding resume that includes about $2 million in career tournament earnings with 75 titles uh, and over 330 registered caches on the Hendon Mob, also earning him the name The Raminator. He's also a dedicated family man and the CEO of a management consulting company, and that's why he considers himself a recreational player. He's still a working man. Well, if that's the case, though, he is arguably the most successful recreational player in all of poker, and we are thrilled to have him with us here today to tell his incredible story. Raminder Singh, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. Thank you, Robbie. I really appreciate the warm welcome. Thank you. It's good to see you and speak with you. We've done a lot of uh, back and forth being in touch this last week, and uh, my good friend Mike uh, had been covering you uh, at uh, your latest stop uh, at, uh, was it Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood? Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, wrote a great piece uh, on my side, Card Play Lifestyle. Um, you seem like an incredibly cool guy. We looked at your results. It's like, there is a story here uh, behind all of these incredible results. And, and I'm eager to hear it and, and to speak with you uh, for the next hour. Thank you for making the time today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Cool. Um, okay, so as a, a recreational player, how did you first get introduced to poker? Oh well, the story story goes back uh, many years. Uh, around two thousand six, uh, I was into management consulting, like Big Five, traveling uh, around the country. Um, that's IT projects predominantly, and then I decided to settle in Florida to get a permanent job, move it from. Uh, Moved from uh, corp, uh, consulting side to corporate world. So I mm -hmm. took a corporate position here in Florida, South Florida. And um, uh, fortunately, uh, my boss was a coolest dude ever. Uh, he was a great boss, uh, still one of my best friends. Uh, and he's the CEO of Slum Donkey Poker. Uh, I know you'll, you'll definitely ask me about Absolutely. that uh, down the road. Um, and he... Uh, basically introduced me to poker. Uh, I was uh, actually coolly coming back from my gym, all sweaty and all one evening. And he's at the bar. He's like, oh, Rami, I've given you a name for this bar poker tournament. I'm here with some colleagues. Why don't you show up too? You can late register here. And I'm like, what is poker? Right? Wow. And he's like, oh, yeah. You have like, you've uh, you you played chess before. You're a good chess player and all. Let me come over and I'll I'll tell you. It's very, you know, uh, fun, fun game, and I'll just walk you through, and uh, you just play. Just uh, you know, you get dealt a few cards. Mm -hmm. They they have few on the on the board, and you have to make the best hand. And let me let me tell you. And then I showed up there um, uh, quickly uh, on back of a napkin. He wrote down the hand ratings. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, he told me what's ace high versus a pair versus two pair versus full house, all the way to royal flush. And I'm like, is like you got it? I'm like, yeah, I got it. And and ninety percent, obviously, I didn't know. So beginner's luck. Uh, I played that uh, that tournament. Uh, I think the final hand was six four offers kings. I cracked those, uh -huh. and I wasn't sure why people were mad at me, even though it was uh, a bar <laughs> poker. 
<laughs> but I ended up winning the tournament, and then, uh-huh. then I got hooked up, and I really like uh, uh, No Limit Hold'em that time. What is it about the game that attracted you? I mean, it's one thing. Like, you know, sometimes my kids say, "Oh, Daddy, try this game. It's so cool." And I was like, "Okay," but I'm not so into it. What is it when he said, "Let's try this game," that you said, "Hmm, this is cool." Besides, obviously, you know, luck boxing and winning that first tournament, right? Yeah, as I as I went along and I played at that bar poker, it, it used to be called All In Free Poker here in South Florida. I played in some of those tournaments, and then I realized. Uh, the tournament poker is very similar to your other events in life, your mm. business, your life in general, Ravi, I believe. Uh, it has ups and downs. It has variance, risk versus uh, reward, right? That equation that I've been taught in management consulting from day one, right? My father, uh, you know, the way he went about raising us, you know, a small business, risk and reward, Right. So when I started playing tournament poker, I realized it has a lot of similarities there. Plus, I'm predominantly, as you saw, you described my results on Hand and Mob. I'm predominantly a live tournament poker. That's what I enjoy the most. I don't play a lot of cash. Only when I, if I bust a tournament waiting for a good friend, uh, I'll I'll get on on a cash table. I'll play that. But predominantly live tournaments. I'm not an online player. Uh-huh. So and you said me, and particularly Hold'em. Did any other games, you know, have you decided maybe to start branching out to Omaha or Hold'em is yes. your thing? PLO. That's PLO, my next okay. next one. Part Limit Omaha, the standard one. Uh, start with that. I really enjoy that five card. Uh, a little bit more complex, a little bit more, I think, uh, you know, variance in that, more like gambling, a little more. Uh, but uh, I like PLO. It has a lot more variations and a uh, lot more combinations and permutations to win or lose. Uh, I like that a lot, uh, you know, just from the look of it. I haven't played much, uh-huh. but no limit hold them. That's my cup of tea, the tournaments. Excellent. Um, so you mentioned, you know, your father, the way you were brought up, you said you, you know, let's let's backtrack a little bit. You decided to move to Florida. I believe you were in New York prior to that. Yes. Um, and, and prior to that, like when did you move to the United States? Yes. So uh, I finished my college early 90s back in India, uh, mechanical engineering and computer engineering and a couple other degrees I did on this side. Uh, and then I worked there for a year, a couple of years. Uh, then I moved to Barbados, actually, for mm-hmm. uh, for some time. I played. I, I, I worked there as a as an IT professional, that was my second job there for uh, some time, year and a half, couple of years. And I moved there. I had an opportunity to come to U.S. to that time, but I preferred that because I loved playing cricket that time. So I oh, played wow. in Barbados Cricket League um, for some time with the big shots, right? And uh, that was my passion. I was pretty decent, pretty okay. Uh, uh, not very tall for a bowler or a pitcher. Uh, if you are six foot plus, you have you have an advantage. Mm-hmm. So I'm like five nine, five ten. So that was okay to be a bowler there, but you cannot be the best. Uh, so I played there just as a hobby. That was fun, uh-huh. and then I moved to New York uh, on a work visa, H one B visa, uh, nineteen ninety five time frame uh, around that time frame. So I'm in the US around twenty seven, twenty eight years now, approaching that. Uh-huh. Uh, worked there as H one B like consulting. And then throughout the country uh, from New York, because management consulting, you have to travel. Once you yeah. go up the ladder, 
from consultant uh, all the way to engagement directors to principals, partners, as you go up, you don't have to just deliver on those programs. You have to sell work also for the company. Sure. And for that, you have to be in the back of the bus, I mean, plane. Uh, <laughs> many times, like two to three times a week, you know, nonstop. So I was doing that until 2005, uh-huh. until I moved to Florida. So I was throughout the country, named the city, big city. I had to be there because of the client presence there. That's interesting. You know, it happens to be that my brother, my younger brother, uh, Marty, shout out Marty, um, you know, he is uh, also an IT professional. And I know that he had done that. And every time his uh, workplace had opened up a new office, he had to go and set up the, you know, the IT infrastructure there. So I, I'm aware of uh, that it does demand, uh, you know, an in-person presence. Uh, do you enjoy traveling? I, I love traveling. I loved it before a lot more when I was single or when mm-hmm. I didn't have kids uh, to go places, uh, to meet friends, uh, to do things, some adventurous things. But uh, now with family, uh, family like uh, wife and two kids, mm-hmm. uh, almost like teenagers, one is teenager already. Now it's main travel happens back to our home countries. Uh-huh. Every year, I'm originally, as I mentioned, I'm from India. Uh, and my wife, she comes from Romania originally. Uh-huh. So one year we go to to India and one year to Romania for uh, kids to meet their grandparents and family. So personally, I love travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with family, uh, right now, it's a little bit limited to like basically to family uh, for now. Sure. Uh, no, excellent. Yeah, that's, so we travel like to our home countries. Yeah. That that's excellent. That that's that's really good. You know, I love, I'm a family man myself. I've got three kids of my own, and you know, I, I do get to also do those trips once in a while. You know, to to cover the live poker events, but uh, you know, those family trips, nothing beats it. I look back on my own youth as well. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate. My parents took my brothers and I, and you know, obviously those are highlights, and you have the regular day to day of going to school, but those are really good opportunities for. Uh, family bonding and memories that you could look uh, look back on. Yes, sir. Uh, do you have relatives who come in and visit you guys in Florida also? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I had my nephew, I call him my nephew, my wife's nephew from Romania, Rarish. He was here <coughs> a few weeks ago. Uh, he got to see some scene of poker here in Florida. My two nephews, one is in Harry, saying he's in Tampa. That's mm-hmm. why I visit here often when there are tournaments locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, other one, uh, Jason Singh, uh, Japneet, he's in uh, Texas, Texas uh, A&M. He's doing master's there. Both play poker part-time as a hobby. So they sure. come over uh, during holidays. Parents have been here. Uh, my brother has been here. And Delia, my wife's uh, family, they come over uh, also here. So uh, we don't have many like family members here in U.S., uh, to tell you the truth. So sure. some good friends, really good friends who have become family to us. They like, you know, make up for the family here. We're very blessed with that, to tell you the truth, Ravi. That's a beautiful uh, thing. But we we do have, thank you. And we have like family, like my wife's mother, her sisters, they'll come over once in a while during holidays, uh, basically Thanksgiving or Christmas. So that is always a 
a really nice thing to have some family members here. Absolutely. And look, you know, like uh, I hear it also, like your your story is sort of like, so like I I hear the similarities. It really resonates. You know, I'm, I'm here. I've got, you know, brothers and cousins and stuff, you know, still in the States. And, you know, that, you know, the, the friends become your family as well. You know, my dad is here. So so I, I totally get that. And and one thing I also get, you know, um, I'm also not a, a professional player, but I enjoy some good poker when I can. Um, how do you balance that? You've got, you know, regular family commitments and obviously, uh, you know, work commitments and stuff. How is it that you, act, how do you actively carve out time for poker? How far in advance do you sort of plan out your schedule and then try to say, okay, I'm going to play in this tournament, that tournament. And, and obviously as I said, you know, close to home in Florida, how do, how do you go about doing that? I think that's a very good question because uh, it's again the priorities. You know, I mean, your work, your family, you got to balance with that. And poker as a hobby, I really love poker after, uh, I mean, not playing cricket at this age <laughs> uh, actively. Um, yeah. So I, I enjoy the challenge. So uh, uh, look, here in Florida, we have been blessed with uh, a lot of like uh, good places where uh, they have, uh, they conduct good tournament like series poker as, as as we were talking about mike covering at hard rock seminal hard rock they are the predominant force in, yeah. in south florida and now here in tampa i come over once in a while to see my nephew for some work so they always have an ongoing series hard rock seminal hard rock has four series per year like every quarter they have a major series and they have a variety of tournaments there like uh, not just no limit hold them they are close to 50 tournaments or more each yeah. series. So you can pick and choose out of that. Then Isle Casino, Isle, uh, and now they call it Harris. I think they bought them uh, uh-huh. in Pompano. Yep. That's another one. Coconut Creek, um, Palm Beach Kennel Club. Yeah. Uh, they used to have WSOP circuit there. Now they got moved to Harris or, or, or Isle. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of uh, local tournaments, not very big tournaments. Once in a while, you'll you'll find 3,500 buy-in or 5,000 buy-in at Hard Rock. But uh, mainly like ranging from uh, 150 all the way to like say 2,000, 1,500, 2,000 in that range, uh, you find a lot of good tournaments here. So for me, uh, you leave work, uh, get out of work like bit early, late reg is open till 4.30 if the tournament starts 12, right? Mathematically, uh, 3.30, 4.30, you get in last minute at times. So many times the decisions are last minute. Like oh. if I get done with work, I just show up. Uh-huh. Uh, looking at uh, Poker Atlas, oh, wow, the clock. It's a race against the clock. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's see if we can beat it, right? Yeah. So many times like that, uh, last-minute decision. And many times I'll just copy and paste the whole schedule of the series into uh-huh. my Outlook, cut out the tournaments I cannot play, like WPT main, right? $3,500 tournament or 5000 tournament. Many times I cannot play because it goes all the way to Wednesdays. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, those are like day three, four, five, right. after day two being on Sunday. So that's very hard for me to play. That I really have to plan. I have to delegate work to some people mm-hmm. if I have client meetings and all. Because those meetings are scheduled on your calendar on a weekly basis, as you know, right? As sure. you mentioned, your brother is into IT. Yeah. So obviously, clients are number two after family, obviously. Family right. is number one and friends. Then clients number two, right? So... You got to take care of them. They they fall into same category as friends. Clients sure. have to become good friends. So I can't play those big tournaments, unfortunately, now mm-hmm. until kids go to college. And hopefully after that, I'll be able to plan better. But right right now, it, I go with the flow because there's so many good tournaments locally. 
you get in last minute and many times you you can plan in advance view like so, towards the end of the year yeah so i want to follow up uh in a moment about the you know after the kids uh you know leave the home and go to college i'll follow up on that in a second but you've mentioned a couple times you said oh it's a good tournament it's got so many good tournaments what makes a tournament good before you haven't even taken your seat what are you looking for when you say okay besides okay it's close by or something but when you look at the tournament schedule and say oh i want to play in that one why right i love the tournaments where it's decent buy in low buy in uh, or medium buy in and high volume of players mm. right the reward is big you can like if you're going to grind uh, you got to grind hard you got to grind not just by like you know your your poker skills you got to grind by heart in those tournaments you got to go in like you know with that mentality that's my my thought on that so i'll give you examples at hard rock seminal hard rock where they have a 600 dollar buy in and the first place is close to 200k 250k yeah. right i mean <laughs> yeah. those are the kind of tournaments 400 buy in and you can win like 100k uh, nothing can beat that in my opinion mm. for uh, like recreational players like me i'm talking for myself right sure. not talking top pros who love to play those big you know uh, aria maybe one day i'll try that too that 10k buy-in 70 70 entries you know it's great but for me that suits me better here because the it's a weekend tournament mm-hmm. it starts like you can get in late friday evening or take uh-huh. some time off on friday you can you can play a flight friday don't make it you can play saturday you make day 2 the reward is really good then after that and in the end those trophies are beautiful so right <laughs> that's motivation to tell you the truth a little bit like decent buy in and good reward and these great players there's so many great players who play in these tournaments as well excellent and and i said i wanted to follow up on you know after the kids go to college where would you like to play you know anywhere specific you kind of have on your list of like okay i can't wait till i have the opportunity to try these tournaments out in in these locations yes um, it's it's actually far away for me like uh, my son is uh, is 11 uh, that's the last one obviously my daughter she is 14 mm-hmm. uh, so sixth grade if you do the math like close to 6 years 7 years left okay. uh, to get there uh obviously will be very hard to travel before that i i love helping them with their projects and be engaged and uh, and be part of it you know go back with kids so travel will be very difficult for me but one location i can tell you or uh, or couple locations uh, that i have in mind uh, for poker uh, europe like uh, they have uh, wpt europe mm. or australia that has uh, i think oh, wow. aussie millions and i mean, i love i mean looking at that i mean i i think i belong in there in the long run tell you the truth uh haven't traveled uh, my wife being from originally from europe i mean that's another thing our plan is when we travel as a couple down the road or even with kids when they were break we go to the home country like romania and then we hit up another country go to france go to italy right go to barcelona for example they have great tournaments so wpt uh, i was even uh, mad savage you know he talks to me uh, he shows up is a good 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 guy good friend oh yeah and him and i talk he he, he also encourages me to get on a wpt schedule down the road and uh-huh. I, i do tell him like you know one day i'll play in this bigger tournaments you know right now because of my constraints sure it's a little difficult but that's those are the locations i'm targeting and looking at and hopefully like barcelona australia as i said uh, europe i would i would love to travel and play in some of those tournaments down the road 
That is awesome. It's so great and, and important to have those dreams. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's something that, you know, the kind of places like so many of us dream of being able to go to. Um, I know Matt Savage is an avid listener to this sh- uh, podcast and as well as all the podcasts. So I will give the shout out. Uh, Matt was episode number 51. So guys, uh, after you listen to this episode, wow. uh, if you haven't had the chance yet, go ahead, listen to episode 51 and all the other 107 uh, episodes we have here on the Cards Jet podcast. Amazing. Um, here's a question I don't usually get to ask folks because they're, you know, the, the people we have on more often tend to be professional poker players. As a recreational player with a regular full-time job, what is your approach to bankroll management? Because for professional players, often, you know, their bankroll is, you know, you keep it separate from your life role, but, you know, you depend on poker to make a living, whereas you uh, do not obviously. And then you decide to play certain types of events with certain types of buy-in levels. Um, you've experienced tremendous success, of course, over the last few years, but how do you approach, um, you know, bankroll management? Um, to be to be honest with you, as a, as a businessman, Robbie, I do keep full track of uh, mm-hmm. my PNL on poker. Actually, mm-hmm. I have in Bank of America an account dedicated as poker. Oh, wow. Okay. A separate bank account where I have poker, where I most times when I win win big tournaments, I get paid with a check. Uh, I ask for a check and I deposit it so that I can keep full track of, uh, you know, the overall transactions. Uh-huh. So, uh, so far it's been good. Uh, and uh, some of the money that I've won in poker, my wife, she's a CFO of the companies, but she's a broker also. Uh-huh. Uh, a real estate broker. So she's a real estate broker for uh, some of the properties that we bought uh, for ourselves, uh-huh. not for outside. So she used used some of the money to buy some of the properties uh, so far. And uh, that way, even she's engaged in my poker journey That's directly. Cool. And I get to play more, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You hit like a hundred k score. You uh-huh. buy a condo somewhere. She rents it out, right? Wonderful. Uh, like it's a win-win. I get to play more, and she's like, "Oh yeah, no problem. Go play. I got, I got kids." So huge support from her side as That's well. Beautiful. Without her, this journey would have been um, impossible to tell you the truth. So, uh, so that way, she's my partner in that as well. Where she knows the whole like PNL, and when she sees like winnings, and I'm doing well in in poker as well. Absolutely. Then it's green light for me to play a little more. Beautiful. Um, it, this is not uh, meant to be like a, a personal about your particular situation, but just in general, because you know you're classified as you know who, someone who works a regular job. As far as just reporting it on taxes, are you able to sort of also take deductions for tournaments you don't cash in uh, against yes. winnings that you have? Is that allowed? That absolutely I can. Uh, my receipts and all that I uh, that goes as again PNL profit and loss, right? Uh-huh. That goes there. One thing I cannot do uh, right now is to expense obviously my travel and all and everything. Mm-hmm. Right, that I don't do. I just keep poker receipts and that's it. Uh-huh. So down the road, if I if I tag myself as a professional player and a lot right. of my friends who are great friends here in South Florida have advised me, or oh, tag tag along as a pro, you know, or a semi pro. But right now. I think I want to I want to keep it as is. Uh, sure. Focus on my business. Uh, focus on family for next few years until kids go to college. And down the road, perhaps I'll have that opportunity as well as you mentioned. 
Excellent. All right. Well, uh, folks, uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, if you're just listening, you don't see these two logos uh, that Rami has uh, on uh, on opposite both of his shoulders. It says uh, Team Singh and Slum Donkey Poker. Uh, and you're, of course, wearing the, the Team Singh uh, shirt as well. Tell us, what exactly are those uh, th- those clubs, those logos? Sure. Um... The, the slum donkey, let's let's start with slum donkey poker because that came into mix uh, early on. Uh, slum donkey poker is a social club, poker club, uh, a nonprofit started by uh, one of my very good, good friends, the guy I told you about, my ex-boss in the uh-huh. in the previous company. We were in Vegas, uh, myself, him, uh, his wife, my wife, and a few other friends. Uh, Going around, and then we saw saw uh, like walking around the casinos and all after tournament. Then we saw some of the new poker brands, upcoming brands that time and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had seen the movie Slum Dog Millionaire. Uh-huh. All okay. of a sudden, he came up with this idea. Hey guys, what do you think of we start like a social club called Slum Donkey Poker? <laughs> Starting okay. with that, I'm like, great idea, buddy. So uh, that was just a thought. And then we are like, uh, what's the plan around it? Uh, are we going to commercialize or, 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 you know, again, as, as, as friends, you know? So mm-hmm. he's like, no, let's start it as an idea. Uh, maybe we have some local players, local like poker players, some professionals. We can get together, look at tournament poker and some cash game, obviously, they discuss. Uh, come up with this social club where we can talk about poker strategy. Mm-hmm. The hands. We can talk about tournament schedules, upcoming schedules, and all. Mm-hmm. So, it started off just as as a as an idea, right? And a, a, a talk, like chat, walking on the on the you know on on this trip at Las Vegas, and uh, then it became a reality. Uh, that became like a, a pretty big club uh, that's on Facebook, uh, big time on Twitter. Uh, there is a WhatsApp group also that has close to, I think, 70 to 80 members. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's a lot of people. Wow. Okay. Yeah, thanks. And there is a prerequisite for that. I think now they they don't allow, uh, I love to ask him what's the threshold. They allow, I think, people with half a million earnings uh, minimum to join. And this is not, again, it's not by any fee. No fee there. It's right. only a group of friends, I believe. Right. And I can introduce you to the CEO of Slum Donkey Poker as well down the road, and you can ask him a little more about it. Cool. So I happen to be his good friend as part of the idea man, you know, <laughs> with him as as his as his friend, and uh, we had a couple more friends. So that's more like a social uh, club, and th- that has a lot of big bracelet winners in it, mm-hmm. a lot of big tournament winners with people with like five million dollars earnings and all mm-hmm. and more. Uh, so that's about Slum Donkey Donkey Poker where people can go and ask questions if they're part of it and discuss. And it took is to also give shout out to players when they're playing. Think of nice. it, Ravi. You're part of that group. You make a final table and everybody cheering for you. Even that's whether they're fantastic. Here or not. How you feel on the table? Oh my God, that's great. So so that's a good community, very good poker community. And uh, are you all based in Florida? Majority are in Florida, but there uh-huh. are other players too in the okay. uh, rest of the country as well as uh, in other parts of the world as well. Cool. Uh, some good players. Like one of the guys, I'll tell you, Cosmin Joldes is like million-dollar-plus uh, earnings from Romania. Is there. Uh, there are a few from Brazil. There are a few from India. So 
predominantly here in in Florida, but there are some from uh, the other parts of the nice, world. nice. Okay, and let's hear about Team Singh. All right, so Team Singh here, same logo there. Uh, uh, Team Singh is basically an idea brought up by my three nephews. Uh, when they started playing poker, when I taught them uh, in the beginning, uh, they need to like, oh, we need to have a brand, you know, we need to have, you are doing well until, and uh, let's, you know, we are playing too. We want to come up with something for this, you know, I'm like, okay. So they, my nephew, Harry, Jason, and Sandy, they came up with this logo uh, as a family logo in the beginning team saying and they created a group to talk on like you know again on their uh, uh uh twitter on their whatsapp so we have that team saying there as well but let me let me tell you something interesting since then uh, my nephews they're pretty like young age uh, one is 25 one is uh, 27 and then uh, 32 most their friends their age who learned from them like i taught them uh, basics they did well. They won some tournaments. All their friend circle, they also became Team Singh. Meaning they called oh, me. Oh, that's so now. nice. They're like my nephews. One guy, you'll see Lucas T. He lives here, an Asian guy. He's, he's my nephew too. He wears uh, Team Singh logo shirts. He was in Brazil actually playing one a big tournament. He won wearing this T-shirt. And again, not no commercial aspect here. Sure. Nothing is commercialized. We don't want to do that ever. This is family and friends. So close to now, I think uh, 15 of those uh, young, uh, uh, you know, uh, guys uh, with my nephew, uh, real nephews are my nephews now. So I'm the universal uncle and Team Singh is there. They they asked me a lot of questions on poker in that group. We, we chit chat, we talk about different poker topics um, and we discuss. So that keeps everyone, uh, you know, up to date. And even I learn a lot from them as well, to tell you the truth. It's like like what? Book. What would you say you learned from that? Because I mean, you're the one with the the massive results and, and the tremendous story and stuff. What would you say you learned from uh, you know all of your nephews? They always post the best schedules. Like in Tampa, this winter series, for example, I knew about it, but I didn't know the details of the tournament. Uh-huh. So with two days before, they'll post. Oh, there's a there's a six hundred dollar buy-in, the one you won last time. You know, you got to show up for that, uh-huh. right? Other thing, they talk about some of the local players in Tampa. They gave me uh-huh. like if I'm on the final table uh, and I ask them, like, you've played against these players, they'll give me about their style, some more information and all. And likewise, it helps a lot, Robbie, there. Like, it's not like that cut and dry or you you get it right away, but you get an idea. Is this player a loose, aggressive player? What does he want? You know, if you know their name, uh, you can easily check on hand and mouth, but they're yeah. done. So that helps tremendously information is everything in poker right and that's mm-hmm. like a legitimate way of finding oh you know this guy give them the name uh, and they give you some idea on the style of play it's you know it's so clear to me and i'm sure anyone listening or, or watching that you have such a tremendous love and passion for this game and especially in tournaments and you know you're fully aware of of the scene the hand and mob you have big dreams but a lot of people could fall into that category and not necessarily be successful players. Why do you think you've achieved the success you have and, and just so many consistent results over the last few years? Well, again, that's a great question, Robbie, I would say. Um, it's a hard question to answer, I think. Uh, 
because uh, for me self you know i come from a very humble family my 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 father uh, he was an auto rickshaw driver back in india mm. raising uh, four of us four kids wow and i mentioned to uh, you know mike also we never had like birthday cakes or fancy gifts for our birthdays but we mm. always have had the books and the supporting materials for uh, our studies mm-hmm. i wanted to do like i was doing mechanical engineering i wanted to do my my computer engineering and a system management course night time i cracked the scholarship ship exam 75% off 25% still had to be paid my father he didn't flinch for a second he found a, a way to support me for that third degree as well same Amazing. time so uh, looking at my father looking at my mother looking at our upbringing uh we grew up in like a one room uh in the beginning and then we got moved to a two room uh, apartment six mm. of us uh with the shared restrooms and all believe it or not that yeah. era in new delhi uh, in those colonies uh so it wasn't easy i saw my dad struggle but he was a man of core uh, mm. so uh, i learned from him he despite like uh, running his own family he helped he helped his sisters his brothers anybody he used to help everyone so he had that uh, demeanor i learned that from him a lot uh his life lessons i applied not only in poker but in my life as well so mm-hmm. he's my hero uh when i play poker i think of that i mean not my whole upbringing and all i remember the roots where i come from right mm-hmm. always to be humble make good decisions along the way so it's a combination of uh, good decision making risk and reward equation knowing math very well uh, on the on the felt uh-huh. to be able to quickly very quickly think of the math uh, the odds against you versus uh, odds in favor of you uh-huh. every and reading reading players having that uh, i'm i would say i'm very thankful to have that little bit of gift to be able to read your opponents a little bit more that's why i love live poker more than uh-huh. you know online i may not be good <laughs> that's very interesting you, you said it was a good question i don't know about that but my god that was an amazing answer that was that was really beautiful um because it's not just cut and dry technical abc but there is a backstory to that and that's a beautiful thing to pay tribute to your parents and uh you know the value of, of hard work and you know doing that sort of thing in order to succeed it's a beautiful answer um do you have i mean do you are with all of the things that you balance uh you know with work with family and the poker are you able to find any sort of time to to study at all do you carve that out or it just sort of before a tournament and after a tournament you kind of review basics no i to tell you the truth have never even uh, you know i mean the, the, these are one offs because these are very important you guys are amazing right normally i haven't even uh, like you know i don't even have time to because of my schedule obviously uh-huh. you know the ceo of a company doing some real estate on the side having family dispersed yeah. across the globe i take breaks even to go back to india like you know every 3 months or 4 months i'm in india to spend more time with my aging parents at this mm-hmm. age right so rarely rarely i get time to you know uh, study mm-hmm. on poker uh, my main uh, sources of information or knowledge are these couple of groups we talked about slum donkey poker and team Excellent. thing they mm-hmm. keep me updated and many times i post some of those nice clips there uh, and I, i i click on that and i see that on youtube uh-huh. or on twitch uh, but uh, normally i mean i'm i'm 
I've, I've heard of GTO. I've seen that. I'm not a fan of GTO. I told Mike also in the past. Uh, some reason I'm not a fan of that. Min clicking pre-flop. Uh, I'm not a fan of a fan of that. Making games so mechanical. Used to be real poker. 2.5 to 3x, uh, you know, raised pre-flop. Mm-hmm. Again, people's individual decision. Poker came from min click 3x now to you know, uh, like pre-flop raise three three x to now mint lake. Right, most right. people started doing it, following some of the traditional uh, poker players the way the trends are going. So I'm mm-hmm. not not a fan of that, uh, um, you know, GTO or stuff like that lately. So mm-hmm. I, I I follow what I what I've been doing uh, huh. from day one. You'll never see me. Rarely you'll see me open like mint click uh, pre-flop. So. Uh, a lot of those new trends that are coming up, I'm unaware of those. Sorry for the lack of my knowledge because I'm not like a, I'm not watching, you know, those, those, uh, you know, courses or those clips. I don't get time to do that, unfortunately. I wouldn't say that's anything to apologize for. In fact, I, I find that to be a very refreshing answer because, you know, we do a lot of uh, podcasts, interviews, you know, in the poker media, we see a lot of you know, poker courses and training programs and, you know, they're all good. Everyone has their own different way of learning, but that applies outside of that framework, outside of that GTO as well. And I, and I like that refreshing aspect. You're not a professional and you're not studying and yet you've still found your path to success. And I think that's very encouraging. I remember speaking to John Hesp uh, as well uh, a few years ago and you know, he then finished fourth or fifth at the World Series of Poker main event. And he's like, ah, you know, no, no books. He was in his 60s as well. And it was so great because to know that that's possible, that dream is not necessarily dead just because you have so many folks, you know, learning the GTO. There are ways if you put in enough effort and time and you have that natural knack uh, and ability. So I would say nothing whatsoever to apologize for. You're proof positive that there are uh, other ways uh, to find, you know, lasting success at the poker table. That's Really wonderful. Um, Thank you. Uh, when I introduced you, I said 75 uh, trophies. <laughs> I had written 74, but literally just before we recorded, you won your uh, latest tournament. Um, where do you keep 75 trophies? <laughs> where, where are they? <laughs> um, my trophies are sitting at the only place dedicated to me in my house that I call uh-huh. everything else is families, kids and wives, uh, my bar. Where I have my uh, bottles of scotch, rum, and I have my bar. And uh, next to that is uh, my trophies. Uh, they're sitting there uh, for now. Mm-hmm. Um, even my kids' trophies in their respective sports. Uh, my my son, he's into swimming. My daughter, she's into ice skating, piano, and all. They have their own trophies. So we have a very healthy competition going as a father and kids. Uh, so whenever I win a trophy... I will uh, I will uh, take it home. Kids will see. They don't know the technicalities to win a tournament. Many times you got to beat like thousand players. Uh-huh, but they're sure. like, oh, dad won a trophy now. Our, our turn. So they are like motivated to do well in their in their trophy. So I keep it in open in bar for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's taking up space, but uh, it's still sitting pretty there for now. Uh-huh. So, I mean, with all of those wins to look back on, is there one of them that you consider to be your own greatest success at a poker table? Or was it something that wasn't necessarily a win that you can reflect on and say, that was my finest hour at the poker table? 
Yeah, I mean, those moments are always there when you're with good friends. You end up with good friends and good clients. They are always memorable. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the non-wins, uh, you know, occasions, uh, always great times. But one win or one one poker tournament that's very, very important and near and dear to my heart is the West Palm Beach uh, uh, WSOP circuit, the main event win. Not because it's a prestigious ring, the main event. It was during one of the toughest times for uh, me and my oh. my mother, my family. My mother was uh, was fighting cancer that time at oh. the age of like 74, 75 that time. Uh, stage three she had. Oh. Uh, she was going through chemo and uh, I dedicated that ring to her. Uh, it's written inside the ring. It's engraved from Raminator uh-huh. to his mother, actually. Uh-huh. So I beautiful. took that ring after she beat cancer, after the end. Thankfully, thank God, knock on the wood, she's doing well. There's no cancer in her body. I'm very, very, very happy and thankful, you know, praying to God. she It stays like that, you know, both, both my parents and family. Uh, so very thankful to that. So I took that ring back to India to give it to her. And there's uh-huh. a photo also on Facebook you can see. She gave it back to me. She's like, no, <laughs> it belongs to you. Number two, it's too big for me. <laughs> oh, that Take is, that is yeah. so beautiful, so touching. And, you know, you can always carry her with you in that way. That's uh, to wear that. That's, that's wonderful. Um, you know, a lot of the folks uh, in the Cards Chat audience, uh, like myself, uh, you know, with made up of recreational players and we, we play for Similar stakes that you do, you know, three-figure, maybe low four-figure buy-ins. I mean, let's say you happen to bump into one of us in an elevator and you had 60 seconds or so to give us sort of a a pitch and like, oh, you play poker? Here's some advice for you. You know, obviously you've, you know, I said one of the most, if not the most successful recreational poker player that there is. What sort of tips would you offer folks um, like you who are looking to also see success? Uh, one thing I would I would advise on is uh, to to always believe in yourself, right? Mm. Because poker has variance. There are downturns. Uh, we all have been through that, right? Uh, you 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 put in all your chips with with kings, and uh, here is king queen suited, you know, cracking your kings or, or or examples like that happens, and you go on a bad run. Uh, that does not define you as a poker uh, player. Uh, mm. Those bust outs, right? It's 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 basically bouncing back from that, going on to the next tournament, again, fully pre- prepared, believing in yourself. And uh, and uh, always, always, I say, go with your reads in the live live poker. Many times you got to call up uh, your opponent uh, three barrel with king high. You got to do it. Many times you got to fold a set. You got to go with your read, believe in yourself. Uh, uh, I believe in uh, one line. Uh, for a very long time, almost 20 years, that I learned from one of my mentors. Uh, success is never ending and failure is never final, right? Ooh. I strongly believe in that line. It's on my, uh, you can see on my social media as well. Uh, so uh, the temporary failure and you're not even like, you know, it's not even your fault. Many times you make uh, wrong decisions. I do too in poker. Uh, call up somebody with the pocket nines on a king high board, not believing. Okay, but that, that does happen. That's part of the journey, uh, always. So always believe in yourself. There'll be variance in poker, and uh, there is there are ways to bounce back for uh, good players. Always. I love it. And let's say that sentence one more time. Success is never ending, and failure is never final. 
I love it. Oh, absolutely wonderful. Um, two more questions from me uh, before we move on to the community question segment uh, of the show. This is something that I've never experienced before. So prior to this interview, you had shared with me and, and with Mike this media packet, and it was full of information about yourself, uh, about your recreational poker career, stats, charts, the whole works. I mean, I've been doing poker media for quite a while. I have never seen anything like that, you know, even like the big <laughs> online poker operators who have sponsored pros don't say, here's a media packet for you to learn. What inspired you to create that for yourself and, you know, to have it available to people if they wanted to learn more about you? All the credit on that goes to my nephew, Jason, Japanese, who is doing his master's uh, from Texas A&M. It's one of his projects. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to analyze, uh, do an analytics project that's a drill down with some graphs and all. So he puts together charts on TeamSync, uh -huh. uh, for not just for me. That's not just for me. Uh, that's available for all things, right? My uh -huh. other nephews, their friends, all my nephews, they can uh, look at those stats. So uh, basically him asking me questions and uh, uh, looking at number of wins versus uh, you know, how many times you have cashed, right? Your cash to win ratio. Then he compared with some of the top players like Phil Helmuth, uh -huh. Justin Bonomo, and right. Daniel Negrano and all. He put that together. Then he put together uh, some of the stats on the final table, right? How many, when you make final table, what percentage of times you end up winning out of the nine-handed final table? Uh -huh. And he put together second, third, fourth, fifth. So he asked me, is that a good way to, to describe? Obviously, I, I gave him input into that, but I want to give all the credit to uh, Japanit Singh, Jason, and my other nephew, Harry and Sandy. They, they also helped out. It's my nephew's project, and uh, they did it, I think, in some software, uh, those charts. Uh -huh. uh, I don't even know what they use for it, but they showed <laughs> me in the end. I'm like, that's pretty impressive, guys. You, you're, you're phenomenal. Very, very it genuinely is. I mean, like, I have to say it, it made, uh, you know, prepping for this easier. Again, of course, credit to Micah, who did so much of the legwork there. But to have that as well uh, to work with, it's like it makes my job a hell of a lot easier, which is great. Um, and I just think that's really cool. You know, in a sense, it's almost like, you know, I remember when I was in high school, uh, we had uh, our guidance counselor said, you know, prepare a brag sheet about yourself. You know, that that's like sort of like the high school version of a resume. And we do that right. for, for work. And I think that's very cool to do that about poker, about your hobby. And, you know, I, I think that's just a, a really great project. You know, kudos to your nephews. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And I'd, I'd say, folks, you know, even if you're not a professional player, go ahead and make that for yourself. And, and maybe that'll, you know, when you see that, when you populate your own stats and, and, and you know, that type of information about yourself, it may inspire you to, to take your career to the next level. Cause uh, I can tell that that's something that you're exceptionally proud of. Um, you know, not just that your nephews put it together, but Hey, look, it's, it's very cool to have it black on white. Look what I've accomplished. I think that's, that's very, very cool. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, one, one last question from me before we move into the community question segment. Um, you know, we've obviously said you've accomplished a, a heck of a lot <laughs> at the poker table. Um, and quite frankly, away from the poker table as well, you know, being a family man, businessman, I think you live a, you know, it seems to be a very balanced, happy, joyous, uh, life. Um, you know, I, I just think it's a wonderful thing. Um, 
what sort of goals do you have for yourself for the short-term as well as longer-term future, both in poker as well as outside of it? Yeah, um, my biggest goal is to see my kids very successful. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like any parent will uh, have, a, have a similar goal. Uh, I want them to do exceedingly well outside of poker. I want family to be healthy and fine. I want to take more time to go to India. <clears throat> and I'll, that's why I may not play as much poker as I've been playing, like even locally here. Mm-hmm. I may start going to India a little bit more often uh, oh, to spend nice. more time. So they're aging parents. My dad is 82. My mom is almost 80 now. Oh, wow. So I'd love to spend time with them, go there. So uh, that's my immediate goal. Uh, immediate family and parents uh, spend time with them. Uh, want kids to go to college, do well, have a profession, and they play poker. Like, you know, on the side, I would I would love for them to also enjoy the game. It's a great game. Uh, regarding poker, uh, for next six to seven years, as we discussed, Ravi, I would like to continue down the same path. Mm-hmm. Locally here in South Florida, we have so many good tournaments, so many good friends, all these uh, tournament directors, uh, if you will, uh, Tony Burns and Jason and uh, at, at Hard Rock. Then mm-hmm. uh, we have, uh, you know, all other other casinos, Vinny at Isle and Jamie at uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club and all. Some They've become very good friends of mine. So always we discuss about ideas, tournament structures. I give my inputs. I email them or I text them. I'll tell them like, you know, continuous improvement and playing in those tournaments, local uh, tournaments uh, on ongoing basis uh, for now. Um, but in the long run, uh, once I think the kids are in the college and a little bit, uh, you know, more time at hand, uh, one of my goals, and uh, normally I haven't discussed with many folks outside of like, you know, my nephews or uh, very close friends, but I'll share with you Thank and you. with your audience. One day I would love to play in the WPT, uh, you know, continuously like few uh, tournaments in WPT mains and Oh, hopefully nice. win one of the WPTs. That's my my end goal. Yeah, WSOP, you know, obviously bracelets, they're always, that's great, you know, but Vegas, that happens in like extreme scorching heat, you know, <laughs> I go there, kind of, I go there for a week, I get homesick and I'm like, you know, I'm, I don't feel myself uh, oh. in Vegas summertime, tell you the truth, you know. Uh, so perhaps one of the WPTs down the road, That's that's that would be a, a great one to have. There's, there's nothing like getting your name on the Mike Sexton uh, Mike Sexton trophy. That's uh, he was an amazing guy. Very very cool. Guy. Very cool. I love it. Uh, well, folks, this is now the uh, segment of the show where we turn to you, our Cards Chat community, to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. We do have a dedicated thread on the Cards Chat forums for this. So as we announce who our future guests will be, please be sure to send in your questions. Um, so I do want to acknowledge uh, Gutshot Gus. Thank you very much, Gus, for sending in. Uh, you had a pair of questions. A uh, thing is, you know, over the course of this uh, conversation we've had, uh, Reminder has answered both of those questions, but I did want to make sure that we acknowledged uh, that you sent them in. Um, the other question asker we have is Acid Burn FX. Uh, thank you very much for sending in those. Uh, and let's ask you, uh, Rami, if you could teach something non-poker related, what would it be and why? First of all, very cool name, Acid Burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's a great yeah. name. <laughs> it's a good name. I like it. 
I think uh, non-poker related uh, stuff, uh, I, I do I do coach and mentor some folks uh, um, in the in the spare time. One thing I can I can mention is always be humble, mm. right? And take your journey, as I mentioned before, there'll be ups and downs. I mean, not, not just in poker, in life, you got to stay positive during the down times and good times will come. Like it'll, it. it'll pass. Those are temporary phases. I've seen throughout. I'm 48 years old. I've seen it. It does happen in poker or life in general. So staying positive is very, very important. And uh, in my opinion, also staying away from, I mean, obviously, you're not going to like, you know, block people, you know, on social media and all, but staying away from negativity mm. also helps you tremendously. You can like stay it. away from as much negativity as possible and uh, keeps your mind fresh and you can focus on your goals. And Excellent. Good stuff. Um, next one from Asset Burn FX. We'll do two more. Um, if you were given the chance to make one wish of your own come true, what would it be and why? Poker related or in general? However you'd like to answer the question. I want my parents to take 20 years of my life and to have them, you know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, wish. You're talking about the wish in general. But, you know, I mean, obviously you care for your family. You want them to live long and uh, and uh, and and be healthy, family to be healthy. Uh, related to poker, obviously, uh, one thing, I would love to win a WPT title, as I mentioned earlier. Right. You know, getting back to poker. But best best thing I can wish for is for the healthiest of, you know, life for my all my family and friends in general. That's my wish. Beautiful. Always. Beautiful. Um, and we'll do one last one, and I will add a little bit to it. Because Acid Burn FX is asking, what is the nice thing you remember doing for someone? And I'll also ask, you know, what is the nicest thing you remember someone doing for you? Yeah, uh, the nicest thing someone doing for me to starting with that was uh, giving me an opportunity uh, in the management consulting space. Hmm. I used to be more of a like a technical, hardcore developer kind of person early on in my career, a kind of introvert and uh, never had those good people skills. I didn't have great communication skills at start of my career. I was more like a mechanical engineering, IT geek kind of, you know, developer sitting there. All right, boss is coming over. Okay, I'm coding. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Extremely, you know, important program and all. So a uh, couple of my mentors and bosses uh, trusting in me and giving me, me that opportunity and helping me improve on those people's skills. I'm, I'll always be thankful to them. Every December 31st, January 1st, I write them a card to thank oh, them. That's why. have to. So, uh, and, and doing, I've done something similar for others, uh, uh -huh. you know, as professionals. Uh, you know, in uh, I'm not talking about poker, non-poker. Right. Uh, helping them. When you are at your lowest, that's when you know who your real friends are or mm. people who care for you. So some of my friends, when when they they were at their lowest, one of them got uh, got laid off from Deloitte, uh, one of the consulting companies, mm -hmm. and uh, very bad situation for him. He didn't do well in stocks. There was the dot com boom early two mm. thousands, and uh, I mean, without going too much into details, I took off uh, from work. Uh, he, he was there, his wife and kid. Uh, they were thinking about moving back to India that time. They didn't, and I'm like, hold on. So. 
I went there a couple of weeks and uh, they are doing exceedingly well in California right now. Both mm. of them, they are like a real estate empire they have now, thankfully. Wow. So, yes. Uh, so very thankful uh, to have friends like that and to share with you. Wow. Uh, look, I, I find it, I have to say, I find it hard to believe uh, that you were saying about introvert and, and not knowing how to speak because my goodness I feel I could speak I feel I could keep talking with you for hours and hours this has been one of the most pleasant conversations I've ever had uh here on the cards chat podcast and then just in general for a very long time uh wonderful wow uh, reminder thank you so much uh for your time and but before we wrap it up I also want to of course thank uh, everyone who sent in the questions for uh, Raminder Singh and, and a friendly reminder to all of you guys out there, um, you know, to the Cards Chat community, please send in your questions uh, for our future podcast guests in the dedicated thread uh, on the forums. Guys, please give us a good review on iTunes. Uh, spread the word via your social media channels if you like the show. Uh, and Rami, before we let you go, uh, again, I want to just express my thanks to you and you know, as much as I was looking forward to speaking with you, this exceeded uh, even like the, the 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 expectations. This has been such a pleasure. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before we let you go? No, thank you very much for having me, uh, Robbie, and uh, and then thanks to your uh, audience and and the listeners, and I really appreciate the opportunity very much. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, guys, uh, thanks again, again to uh, Raminder Singh. Thank you all for tuning in once again to another episode of the Cards Chat Podcast. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.